Well, if no one among us is capable of governing himself, then who among us has the capacity to govern someone else? Hello, hardworking Americans. Thanks for tuning into The Shrewsbury Show. I am your host, Colleen Shrewsbury, and you are listening to 93.3 FM WTRH Ramsey. Here we go again, Bernie Sanders. Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. Bernie Sanders wants to cancel student loan debt. I believe he also wants free college. Maybe that was 2016, but it sounds very Bernie. The government confiscated everyone's money to pay for student loans for thousands of kids, some of whom didn't graduate but still incurred the debt. And now the government's just going to stiff the taxpayer. Uh, Bernie Sanders gave a press conference to announce his proposal and said, The American people bailed out Wall Street. Now it's time for Wall Street to come to the aid of the middle class people of this country. Wait a minute, hold the phone. Crazy Uncle Bernie, you've been in politics since the beginning of time. So you were no doubt there when the American people bailed out Wall Street. So how could you not know that the Wall Street bailout came from taxpayer money? There's not enough money on all of Wall Street to pay for your proposal, which means that the money will have to come from the middle class, the same people that you say you want to bail out. That means that the people you want to bail out have to bail themselves out. Uh, So let's talk about the student loan crisis. Bernie Sanders recently said in an interview with some kid from The Daily Show that kids his age and young adults around my age are less well off after graduation than their parents were. I may be paraphrasing, but that was the general gist of what Crazy Uncle Bernie said. So why would these kids be worse off? Well, it's because they're saddled with student loan debt up to their ears and can't find a job to pay back the debt. Maybe they'll have better luck now that Trump is president, but a BA or a BS does not guarantee a job the way that it used to. I remember having a very hard time during the Obama years trying to find a job. I've been hearing about the statistics of young people not buying houses like the previous two or three generations before them. Could it be because, one, they're not getting married, so either they feel no sense of responsibility to provide for a family... And two, anymore, it requires two incomes to run a household. And three, they have so much student loan debt that they can't afford to pay them off, let alone take on more debt by taking on a mortgage. Back before the federal government started pushing college on kids, a guy could make a decent living on a high school diploma, get married, buy a house, and live pretty decently. Thanks to the federal government's involvement in our lives, the last two generations have gotten it into their heads that a high school diploma isn't good enough. And you're pretty much a loser if you don't go to college. Even an associate's degree isn't good enough. It has to be a bachelor's or higher. Well, I got news for you, kiddies. Everyone and their mother, plus about 30 more family members, has a college degree. So your degree no longer sets you apart. If your education is free, it doesn't mean as much to you. And your degree isn't worth as much. At that point, you just take it for granted. And so does everybody else. The reason a college degree used to mean something was because not everybody had one. At this point, a bachelor's is worth no more than a high school diploma. A lot of people have figured this out, which is why more people are going back to school beyond college to get their master's to try to set themselves apart from the crowd. I don't know how long it'll take before a master's is worthless, but unless something changes in this area, it's gonna happen. Even crazier is that more people have gotten PhDs to set themselves apart. Oh, this is a good thing because now as a nation, we're more educated. No, not a good thing. We're actually more indoctrinated than ever. 
The federal government pushes student loans on us and then brings thousands of kids into the university system, which is infested with communist professors who aren't interested in teaching. They're interested in peddling their heinous ideology onto their unsuspecting students. How many parents out there have enthusiastically sent their kids off to college only to be blindsided when these kids come home for Thanksgiving with blue hair wearing a Che Guevara t-shirt blaming all the supposed inequality in America on the white male patriarchy? If you're a parent with college-age kids listening to this right now, let this serve as a warning before you send your kids off to college. Make sure that you look into the curriculum of these schools because you don't want to be wasting thousands of dollars to pay for an indoctrination instead of an education. Look at their curriculum. Look at the course offerings. Do they have a lot of classes on gender studies or women's studies? Look at the politics courses, especially. Look at the professors. If you can't get a hold of the syllabus and the books and articles assigned in these courses before you let your kids sign up for them, look and see if you can find anything online. Do a simple online search and see if you can find anything about these professors or anything that they've written online. Because I promise you, if you do find anything like that, you'll know just in the first few seconds of reading whatever they've written, which way they lean politically. And you know that these days in colleges and universities, they are not shy about their political views. They're not supposed to be peddling their political views off onto their students. They're supposed to be allowing their students to think for themselves, but they don't do that. They just put off their political views for everybody to fall in line. I would even go so far as to warn parents out there with kids in middle and high school to look at the programs that your kids are studying at school. Look in their textbooks. Look at their homework. And if you don't like what you see, contact the teachers and ask them where this is coming from. And if the teachers don't solve the problem, contact the administrators of the school. If you have to, go all the way up to the school board. There is no reason that we should be paying for indoctrination instead of education. And yes, it is public school, but you are paying for it. Your tax dollars are paying for it. Maybe you're not paying directly, but you are paying for it. I think a good way to test it, especially with kids who are maybe in eighth grade through high school, is to talk about politics at home. Talk to them about things that you know are conservative points of view and just see what your kids have to say. And if they come back with some sort of liberal retort, then you know that they probably got that from school. And if they do say something like that, then I would highly recommend, if you, if it upsets you, of course, I mean, if this is a problem for you, then I would recommend talking to the school. This is America, so you have the right to adopt whatever political ideology you want. But schools should not be pushing any ideology on anyone. Ask around. Ask your kids' friends' parents if they've noticed the same things and how they feel about it. And if they don't like it either, then get a bunch of you together. There is strength in numbers, and I think that you can see some real change. Parents in Florida did the same thing. They had some textbooks that were very obviously politically biased and revisionist in their history, and a bunch of parents got together and complained and got the curriculum in the schools changed. So yes, Things can change. You do have the power to do that. I don't think I was really aware of any of the indoctrination when I was an undergrad, and I wasn't even aware of it when I was a grad student. I never had time to pay attention to politics on a regular basis, and I think that I was effectively gaslighted prior to grad school because I only paid attention to the mainstream media whenever I did take the time to do it, which demonized and mocked Fox News at every turn, so I never watched Fox. 
I grew up in a generation of kids attending public school who I think were given the basic tenets of liberalism. I don't think it was as bad when I was growing up as it is now, but some of it was definitely there now that I look back. And looking back on my U.S. history courses in undergrad, I can see the victimhood ideology and the coursework I had there. I think that that laid the foundation for my lack of awareness in grad school. They even started indoctrinating me. I cringe in embarrassment reading some of the papers that I wrote in grad school. My master's thesis is embarrassing too. I'm so glad that I spent six months doing research until my eyeballs about fell out of my head, only to find that I had such a hard time making sense of the sources I used because they were all left-wing biased gobbledygook. I had a hard time in pretty much all of my classes because they were entirely inconsistent in the points they made. They were fabricated, twisted, and tortured untruths masquerading as facts, and it was just a bunch of political activism that they tried to pass off as education. I've actually had to go back and re-educate myself on my own. I think most kids are under the faulty impression that free school equals prosperity and good jobs. Nope. It means you're still going to be broke when you get out of school because now you're going to be the one taxed into oblivion to pay for all that free college for all those people you don't even know. That's if you can even find a job, since now there's probably 50 to 60 or more people competing for the same job, whereas before it was probably about 20 to 30 people. There would be more people than there are jobs. All these kids expect miracles from their degrees, but how much can you really expect from a degree in gender studies or ceramics or clown makeup or whatever other ridiculous programs that they have now? And what of all these useless degree programs that they offer at these campuses that serve as nothing more than an excuse to attract more kids into the state-sponsored leftist indoctrination camps? I'm talking about things like women's studies, gender studies, sociology, philosophy, communications, theater, art, history, literature, and oh, so many more. I think there's even a degree in ceramics. What a colossal waste of money. Whatever happened to trade schools and vocational training? I mean, they used to have uh, classes in high school for guys to learn these things before they left so that when they finished high school, they had the skills that they needed to enter the workforce. These are things that are actually useful skills and training. I'm talking about plumbers, electricians, mechanics, construction. These are trades that are not going away. But with all this emphasis on college degrees, people aren't going into this kind of work. Guys used to vie for prime apprenticeships on the job training that would lead to a good job, and a lot of these guys become self-employed. There's absolutely nothing wrong with being a plumber or an electrician or a mechanic. And there's nothing wrong with not going to college. Yeah, I said it. Not every job requires a degree. I appreciate the people who know how to do these things. I don't know how to fix a car or wire a house. Do you? No. You pay someone else to do it. My question for Bernie is, how do you plan to pay for all of this free college and these student loans that you want to forgive? He says that he would just raise taxes on Wall Street. That's his plan, to pay for all of the free goodies that he wants to pass out. Well, that wouldn't be enough money to cover the cost of tuition, room, and board. Eventually, people are going to throw their hands up and say enough is enough, and you're going to end up with a tax revolt. There are just so many questions to be answered. How exactly would this free college money be divided amongst universities? 
does each school only get a certain amount? Do you just say, yeah, sure, whoever applies gets the money? There's not an unlimited amount of money out there to just give away for every kid in America to go to college. I have a feeling that this could backfire. Colleges and universities could possibly raise their standards for admission because they know that they can't charge tuition by the student. They have to admit as many students as the government can afford to fund. So by that measure, spaces in colleges would be even more limited, not open, thereby crushing all the utopian dreams of the kids to whom Crazy Uncle Bernie has promised a future full of puppy dogs and rainbows. Good luck telling every college and university that they can't charge the tuition rates that they need because the federal government is funding everything with hard-earned tax dollars. I would imagine schools would end up either cutting programs or laying off professors or both or closing their doors altogether because they can't afford to operate on the paltry allowance that the Federal Department of Education is giving them. And that's another part of the federal government that needs to go, by the way. Education was doing just fine at the state level before the Department of Education came along. Not only that, it's unconstitutional. There is nothing mentioned in the Constitution about education. It's up to the states to determine education policy. The Tenth Amendment says, The powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. Education is not delegated by the Constitution, and therefore, the federal government has no business getting involved. The Federal Department of Education was created in October 1979 when Jimmy Carter signed the Department of Education Organization Act. It was actually a favor that Jimmy Carter performed for the National Education Association, the largest labor union in the country, because Walter Mondale promised them in 1976 that the Carter administration would create a Federal Department of Education. The NEA endorsed Jimmy Carter in 1980 when he was in serious trouble running against Ronald Reagan. I read an article by Anthony Fisher at Reason that by the time the Department of Education Organization Act was signed in 1979, President Carter's approval rating was below 30%. Fisher quoted a 1980 article in the Washington Post They quoted Terry Herndon, the executive director of the NEA, as saying, There'd be no department without the NEA. The Carter administration pretty much scrambled to create the Department of Education so that they could get the NEA endorsement for 1980. How do you like that? Unconstitutional political favors that foisted the federal bureaucracy onto the entire country and led to the downfall of American education. I have a hunch that were it not for the NEA and Jimmy Carter, we might not have this student loan crisis and crazy Uncle Bernie offering to pay everyone's student loans with my money. Before we had the Federal Department of Education, school administration was left up to the states, as well it should have been and should be now. Schools actually taught things like U.S. history, the Constitution, We had civics classes instead of these social studies classes that teach revisionist history with very little, if any, emphasis on the Constitution. And most of all, we didn't have the epidemic of leftist indoctrination that we have now. The indoctrination at the university level is a result of something different, though. 
That is a result of all these communist and communist sympathizers of the 60s who later went on to be college professors. I believe uh, Bill Ayers, the domestic terrorist of the Weather Underground, is a professor at the University of Illinois at Chicago. Here again, the government causes a problem, and then they come back and tell you that they're going to solve the problem by introducing more government into the situation. Bernie Sanders' plan of free tuition and dismissing everybody's student loans is his way of appealing to the young generation of his base to vote for him because he knows that all of these people have been sucked into the same scheme of applying for thousands and thousands of federal student loans that they can't afford to pay back. And now he's going to solve this problem by waving his magic wand to pay for everybody's student debt. All of this is because of the rising cost of tuition. And the reason that the tuition is so high is because colleges know that they can raise their tuition to whatever point that they want because they know that a good number of these kids that come into the schools now are getting there by federal student loans and that the federal government is going to subsidize them. They know they're going to get paid. And then we end up with however many kids out there with thousands of dollars of student debt that now Bernie wants to get rid of. It just it's it's this circuitous cycle that just keeps going and going and going. And the only way to break this cycle is to take out the weakest link, which is the federal government. I believe that about, oh, I don't know, 50 years ago, somewhere in the mid-60s, tuition at Harvard University was about $2,500 a year. And now it's about $47,000 a year, if that gives you any idea of the negative effects of federal government getting involved. Now, I know that we have some inflation to account for, but I don't think there could be that much inflation. $45,000 over the course of 50 years increase in tuition costs? I don't think so. According to CNBC, Students at public four-year schools paid an average of $3,190 for the tuition years of 1987 to 1988, and that is with prices adjusted to reflect $2017. And 30 years later, that average has risen $9,970. Average tuition in 1988 for private, nonprofit four-year institutions was $15,160 in $2017. For the 2017-18 school year, that's now $34,740, a 129% increase. If that doesn't convince you that the federal government needs to get out of the student loan business, I don't know what will. To put this into perspective, this article at CNBC says that a 1988 graduate of Harvard University would have spent $17,100 on tuition during their senior year. And now this person in their 50s would have to pay $44,990 in tuition for their child to attend Harvard today. That means that the current cost is more than two and a half times as much as it was in 1988, a difference of 163%. The irony of all of this is that these kids cannot pay for their college loans precisely because someone helped them pay for their college tuition. If someone ever tells you, Ronald Reagan famously said this, if someone tells you, I'm from the government and I'm here to help, run. Head for the hills and don't look back. 
I added that run and head for the hills part, but it still holds true. This has been the Shrewsbury Show. I'm Colleen Shrewsbury, and this is 93.3 WTRH Ramsey. Tune in next time for more.